Welcome to Rome Christian Center. We are so glad that you are with us here today. If you are local to the Rome, New York area, we would like to invite you to join us 10 a.m. and again at 6 p.m. on Sundays. We are located at 7985 Turin Road in Rome, New York. Let's join the service as we believe God has something in store for you today. I felt like just kind of touching on a couple of things we talked about last week. I felt to start a st- what I thought was going to be more than one message on deliverance. That we are reminding us that we are in a war. You know, the Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Your real problem is not your neighbor or your wife or your boss or whatever. The real problem on the earth, and just, just look at the newspaper, go anywhere, you know, just look around. The real problem on the earth is not God, it's the devil. Right. He's, the, he's directly or indirectly responsible for everything that's negative or evil or wrong on the earth. But I thank God that in Jesus' name we have authority over the devil. And deliverance was a major part of Jesus' ministry. Read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I mean, especially Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Every place he went, he taught, he healed people, and he cast out demons. And I don't know why we think that that's not, avail- not applicable today. We are the body of Christ, and I'm just convinced that his body is supposed to be doing today what his body did 2,000 years ago. It, to me, it's so simple. You need help to misunderstand. You need help to goof it up. Hallelujah. Oh, Rama Sakababiata. Mandala Baribe Sikababiata. I just, you know, I just get, I don't get angry at people. I get angry at the devil. It's okay to hate sin. It's okay to hate evil. It's okay to hate the enemy. We love God. We love people, but we don't like what, we don't like the devil. We don't like what he does. And, uh, Oh, especially when he picks on little people. But I felt a touch. That's not, this is not my message. This is just kind of re- remembering what we talked about last week. You know, in, in Genesis chapter 3, you don't have to go there, but remember in Genesis chapter 3, it starts off by saying, the serpent. Now, the serpent was more crafty than, all the, than any beast of the field. He, and you know what? He still is. But thank God that the Holy Spirit is craftier. Hallelujah. Amen. But I just felt like touching on this just for a minute. One of the, that is one of the most, to me, one of the most dangerous spirits that we have to guard against as Christians, are religious demons. You know, I, I read this long, long time. I read this in a book years. I have no idea what the book was or, or who the author was. But I remember him saying this. It always stuck with me. He said, if the devil can't stop you, if he can't stop you, he'll turn your rudder just a little bit and drive you onto the rocks. One of the things that's always bothered me, and I'm not saying I have 
perfect discernment. But over the years, I've seen it so many times, this arrogance that comes when God starts using people. You know, somehow we're God's anointed, we're God's chosen. It's dangerous. I heard Robert Slurden say this years ago. I wish he'd listened to his own preaching. He said, your gifting will take you where your character can't keep you. See, when God gives somebody a gift, it's very easy to start thinking that they're, they are, they're something different, they're special. Instead of humbling themselves and, and and your, your personal anointing, your personal time with God needs to be greater or more anointed than your, than your ministry time. You need to have that personal relationship. You have to let God build this character in you of Christ, which is, what did Jesus say? He said, I am meek and lowly. Humility, love for others. We have to guard against religious spirits. Who gave Jesus the most opposition to his ministry? It wasn't the, wasn't the unreligious, it was the religious people, the religious leaders of his day. They buffeted him at every turn. They were harsh, they were legalistic, they were unforgiving, they were cruel. And we have to be careful that that doesn't get on us. I'm not saying it has, but I, I, it's always something I'm on my guard against. They look down at other people. Remember the time when Jesus came into this Religious leader's house, and this woman came and broke a bowl, a bowl, a bowl of ointment, and poured it on his feet, and cried, and wiped his feet, wiped his his feet with her tears, humbling herself, crying out to God, reaching out to God. And what was what was the opinion of the of the Pharisee in that house? He says, "If if listen, I just want to read this. This is what it says." He said, "If he were a prophet, he would know what." Who was touching him? What kind of a woman she is? That she's a sinner. I mean, he, he, was, he had nothing but disgust for this woman. Jesus had nothing but love for her. Religious spirits are some of the most deceptive. And to me, some of the most powerful. Some of the most difficult to dislodge. Why? Because the person who's operating with that kind of a spirit isn't doing, any, isn't doing anything bad. You know, it's not that they're in any kind of a, they're not that they're in any gross sin. They're doing a lot of things right. And so they're very proud of themselves. Look at me. So this, this, this is the pride. I'm telling you, pride is the strength of the, of, of the Muslim religion. Look at what a good little Muslim. I pray five times a day. I do this, I do this. I follow this law, I follow this law. I'm willing to die. I'm willing to, you know, it's all pride. And I'll tell you one thing that God and this is, I guess, this is kind of a segue into what I felt like talking to. Humility is the key. It's one of the real keys to success with God. I just want to share for a little bit about humility this morning. I won't be long. Because you heard about the guy... The church that gave this one guy had been there for years and years and years, and they gave him a pin because they, they considered him the most humble person in the church. But then they had to take it away from him because he wore it. But humility, a key, a real key to success with God. 
the spiritual realm operates according to certain principles, might call them laws or truths or whatever, just like, just like in the natural world. You know, gravity works for everybody all the time, whether you're a European, an Asian, or South American, or whatever, wherever you live, whether you're male or female, rich or poor, doesn't matter. Gravity works for everyone all the time because it's, it's just a physical law. It's here, it's keeping us in our seats today. They say, thank God. And the spiritual realm operates the same way. There are certain principles in the, in the, in the realm of the spirit that are, that, are con, that are consistent, that are in operation, and, just, and they just work. You know, one of them, that we're, one of them we're very familiar with is, is found in Galatians chapter 6 where it says, Do not be deceived, God will not be mocked. What? Whatsoever a man sows, what? This will he also reap. It's a, it's a truth. It's a principle. It's a, I don't call it a law, whatever. But whatever you sow, eventually it starts coming back. You're going to reap what you sow. And I'm not just talking about money. I was reading this this week. It just kind of struck me. Psalm 109, in, in a little title in my Bible, below where it says some, it says a summation of kind of what it's talking about. It says, vengeance invoked upon adversaries. And there's a, there's a passage of scripture in here that specifically refers to Judas, quoted by Peter on the, uh, on the, day, of Pente- uh, on the day of Pentecost. Or before that, I'm sorry. Listen, I'll start in verse 14. Let the iniquity of his fathers be remembered before the Lord, and do not let the sin of his mother be blotted out. Let them be before the Lord continually, that he may cut off their memory from the earth, because they did not remember to show loving kindness, but persecuted the afflicted and needy man, and the despondent in heart to put them to death. Verse 17. He also loved cursing. So it came to him. Now, cursing doesn't mean necessarily talk, speaking swear words. It's, it's speaking negative things over people. He also loved cursing. What? So it came to him. He did not delight in blessing, so it was far from him. He clothed himself with cursing as with his garment, and it entered into his body like water, like oil into his bones. Why? Because what you sow... You reap. You know what the third commandment is? Boy, this will make somebody clean up their act. Listen, it's this similar thing. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for God will not leave unpunished those who take his name in vain. So it's more than just saying you shouldn't take his name in vain. It says God won't leave you unpunished. It's like, oops, okay. I better watch what I say. In 2 Corinthians, Paul said, Now I say this, He who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap. So these are principles that operate in the realm of the Spirit. And there is a truth, I believe, that Jesus taught. I don't really consider it a law, but it's a principle. It's something that just happens or works. And it concerns to me one of the most important characteristics in our walk with God, and that is humility. And it's this. It's found in Matthew chapter 23. It's found in more than one place, but I'll read it out of Matthew 23. 
and verse 12. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. What led to Jesus being exalted and raised to the right hand of the Father? It says in Philippians chapter 2, it says he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God also highly exalted him and gave him a name which is above every name at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven on earth and under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Why? Because he humbled himself under the mighty hand of God. James chapter 4 and verse 6 says God is opposed to the proud but gives grace to the humble. When I, you know, every time I read that it's like you know what? I don't want, one thing I don't want for sure is I don't want God opposed to me. I don't want God opposing me. What what worst thing could happen to anybody? I mean, I don't care if you don't like me, if you're against me or whatever, but God, don't be against me. God will be against me if I'm proud. You know, it's the original sin. Lucifer who became sin, his heart was lifted up because of his wisdom and his glory and his beauty. And he sinned against God. I guess the reason why I'm concerned about it, because I feel like it probably, the opposite of that is pride. And I feel like pride works in men probably more than it does in women. I'm not sure if that's right or not. But I think maybe we struggle with it more because God's called us to lead, to be the head. But we're supposed to do that with humility. We're supposed to lead with humility and service and love and laying down of our lives. First Peter, he said the same thing. He said, God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Then he added this. He said, therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. Humility. A modest or low view of one's own importance. What does it say in Romans chapter 12? It says that we're not supposed to think of ourselves more highly than we ought. See, but let me tell you, don't get into false humility where you just talk yourself down and, oh, I'm nothing, I'm a nobody, I'm a... No, that's that's terrible. God says don't think of yourself more highly than you ought. It's not wrong to have a, a right opinion of who you are and what God's called you to do. And if God's called you to lead, lead. I'm not talking about just because you're walking in humility, you can't lead, you can't make a decision, you can't do it. No, but do it in the right spirit. A humble man is not, is not insisting always on his own way. And here's one of the real keys to me, and this is what I, I've, I've struggled with this for years and probably my whole life. Humility is teach A, a humble person is teachable. Willing to, willing to hear correction. You know what? One of the, I'll tell you, one of the things, I hate being wrong. I don't like being wrong. Maybe you're the same. I just don't like it. I've, I want to be right all the time. Not, 
Not in a, uh, an obnoxious way, but I just, I don't like being wrong. I don't like making mistakes. And it's difficult for me sometimes to receive correction, especially from my wife. Come on, guys, help me out. Any married men in here? Well, you won't admit it, but you are. I'll tell you one time I was working on my car. There was something wrong with the air conditioning, and I had to replace a, 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 a hose, a little hose, almost looked like a brake, hole, brake line. And the, where the connection was, there was this little bitty little O-ring. I mean, it was teeny. Not much bigger than my little baby finger fingernail. And I lost that thing. I couldn't find it. When I went to put it all back together, I couldn't find it. And I went, and I was looking, looking, looking. I came inside the house, and I was so frustrated. I just wanted to take my tools and, you know, fling them. And my wife said, have you checked so-and-so? And I thought, what does she know about cars? She's a woman. Not that a woman can't know about cars, but, you know, we're guys. We know about cars. We know things. Have you checked? So I said, no. I said, no, that, that's, it can't be. Well, you know what? Sure enough, I went outside, and without, I just wanted to make sure she wasn't looking that I was going to check. And sure enough, what she said worked. She's my helper. Why shouldn't I listen to her? If we're walking in humility, we're teachable. We're willing to accept correction. We're willing to admit when we're wrong. We're willing to forgive and, we're, and to ask forgiveness. To say you're sorry when you don't think it's all your fault. It's awful quiet in this Presbyterian church. <laughs> but that's what humility is. It's very close to, uh, and sometimes it's the same word that's interchanged with meekness. It's a key to success with God. It's a real key to walking with God. To receiving from God. The opposite is pride, and God hates pride. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 11, when pride comes, then comes dishonor. Pride goes before destruction, the Bible says, in a, in a haughty spirit before a fall. To be humble is tough on the flesh. Tough on the ego. The proud are just the opposite. They're stubborn. You know, they're stubborn, not willing to change. I was watching a little documentary a while ago on uh, Edison versus Westinghouse. When electricity was just starting to be distributed around the country, Edison was uh, in favor of direct current, DC. Westinghouse 
said, no, that doesn't work because direct current heats the lines up so much that you're going to have to build generators about every half mile all over the country, and that'll work. That might work for city people, but what are you going to do about the rural people? I mean, it just didn't make sense. Whereas the alternating current, Westinghouse was was teamed up with Tesla and uh, with and and was in favor of alternating current, and they saw that you could transmit alternating current for hundreds, thousands of miles, so that it would work. It was obviously the better choice, but Edison fought that. He took out ads in 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 the New York Times. Just in fact, one time he even hooked electricity up to a horse and electrocuted the horse to show that uh, to show that uh, AC current was dangerous. I mean, he just wouldn't relent. If you're humble, you're willing to say, you know what, that's a better idea. I think you got it right. It's the way God wants us to be. Gentle, loving, humble people. And you know what? Every time I read those scriptures, I read, what's the word that follows humble? Yourself. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. He who exalts himself will be, he who humbles himself will be all. I don't, I don't see myself praying, God, humble me. No, I, I think God will work circumstances that will bring me to a place where I can choose to be humble. But I have to humble myself. Jesus humbled himself to the point of death, even death on the cross. So it's not like, well, I'm not humble because God didn't humble me. No, God will... God will humble you. Oh, yeah. He, I mean, you know, not in the way you want. But he'll, I will, he'll provide opportunities for me to make those choices. And if I'll do what he wants, if I'll submit to his ways. You know, what did the Apostle Paul say in 2 Corinthians? To keep me from exalting myself, there was given me a thorn in the flesh. To what? To humble him. So I, I, I give myself a check every once in a while. You know, when you go to the hospital, they say, on a level of 1 to 10, where's your pain? And I say, on a level of 1 to 10, where's my humility? Am I 4? Hopefully not more. Hopefully I'm 8 or 9. I don't know. Ask my wife. She'll know better than anybody. But it's just a key. I just want to put that out there today. He who exalts himself, lifts himself, puffs himself up, insists on his own way, arrogant, will be humbled. He who humbles himself will be exalted. And I'll close with this. I was praying one time, just not thinking about this so much, and God just kind of dropped this into my spirit. 
I think I was reading my, I was reading my Bible and was reading First Peter or James, I'm not sure which. And I felt like the Lord said, when, when will you be exalted? You know, it says, he who humbles himself will be exalted. When will you be exalted? I felt the Lord said, when it doesn't matter to you whether you are or not, then God can do something with us. So I just put that out there for us today. Walk humbly before God. What does the Lord require in Micah? But to love mercy. I don't have this written down, so I'm not going to quote it. To love justice and to walk humbly with our God. Lord, we just humble ourselves under your mighty hand, Lord. We want to be pliable, malleable in your hands. Help us, Lord. Give us the opportunities to humble ourselves, to show to show you, I don't care what anybody else thinks. I only care what God thinks to be true. But that God would see us as a humble people, ready to be exalted and lifted up in his name. Amen and amen. Praise God. We're going to receive the offering this morning. Oh, this is just way down in the future. Oh, I've, I heard this... I was thinking of you guys when I heard this. Michael Jordan. Oh, first let me say this. Denzel, I just listened to a little motivational speech by Denzel Washington, and he's talking about not letting failure control you. And he said, uh, he said, if you fall 10 times, get up 11. And then he said this, it really blessed me. He said, when you put your shoes under your bed at night, put them far enough under that you have to get on your knees the next morning to get them. And, uh, and then Michael Jordan said this. He's talking about not letting failure discourage you. He said, I lost, I lost over 300 games in my NBA career. And 26 times my team gave me the ball to make the winning shot, and I missed. So he said, all you see, all you really see of me is the highlights. The shots I made, the wonderful, you know, this... He said, but there are many, many, many failures along the way. Don't let the failures, just don't let the failures cause you to quit. Keep going. Amen. Amen. That was free. Lay your hand in your offering this morning. Father, we just bless you. We want to be a people that love you, Lord, with all of our heart and love others as ourselves. Thank you, Lord, for bringing us to that place, for causing us to be that people who will walk humbly before you and see your glory. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you so much for being with us today. Our prayer is that your life be enriched through the power of God's word and that you be filled with his love and strength as you daily serve him. To learn more about our service times and our ministry and how it is that you can partner with us, visit us online today at romechristiancenter.com.